I know, you, had, you lost an hour of sleep, it's alright, we'll try it again. Eagles Wing Church, how are we doing this morning, you good? That's what I'm talking about. See, this is what is normal for me, um, not this, this is not normal, um, I'm not a, not a preacher, uh, I work at a church, uh, but I need about six months preparation before I speak. Um, Pastor Nelson called me Friday afternoon and said, hey, I'm sick. And I was like, that's great, man. I'll pray for you, absolutely. <laughs> and he said, I need you to come speak. And I was like, yeah. And then he said, you're my only hope. And I went, well, that's kind of mean, because that means you went through like 20 other people before. <laughs> and so I was like, I know a lot of the same people you know, and they preach way more than I preach. So I figured they got phone calls, and once they said no, it was like, oh, man, I got to get that guy. And so he called me, and... um. And no, I, and it's an honor. Um, you know, I, I think one thing at, at our church, um, Desperation, which I want to say is a part of this family, um, mainly because your pastor spoke life into us and gave us vision and hope uh, into what Jesus was all about and gave us a, a reason to, to see uh, really truth and what life is about. And so I believe that through... Um, through Pastor Nelson, and, and that's I just want to give honor to where honor is due. And when you stand in somebody else's pulpit, I believe that um, that honor is well-deserved. And so it's an honor to be here in Step Foot and knowing that I can't even imagine what y'all learn on a regular basis, uh, some of which I still don't know if I understand, um, but he's got a really good hairdo. So it kind of makes up for a lot of the, the extra stuff. Um, hey, you can go ahead and turn to Luke 19. We're going to we're going to be in Luke 19 this morning, and um, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit on um, on one thing, and it's it's called rocks. And so, if we were going to title this message, um, we're just going to talk about rocks. And we did a series on elements, and we talked about some different pick um, some different pieces. And one of the things that um, got up in my heart was this this idea of rocks, and the only thing that I knew growing up with rocks and what they were was you throw them at girls. That was the goal. Um, I actually hit uh, a girl in the eye, thought she went blind when I was like 10, thought her dad was going to kill me, um, scared me to death. Uh, next, my pastor, Pastor Andy, uh, one day did these things called outings. He said, hey, if you're in middle school, we're going to meet at the church, we're going to drive, we're just going to do random things and uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do. So we get to this bluff in Blunt Springs of where he has a rope. Uh, we are going to jump, tie the rope to a tree, go into the pond at Blunt Springs, of which we had to break in. Uh, it, was, it was just, it started off bad. Uh, so we get there. Nobody knew. It took us an hour and a half. This is no exaggeration. It took us an hour and a half to get to the, um, the rope over the tree. Uh, so as we finally get the rope over the tree, nobody knows how to tie the knot. And, and so if you know you couldn't just hang on, needed somewhere to put your foot, we're standing on the top of the rock. So Pastor Andy ties the, rock, ties the rope. I get nominated to go first. I swing out. He tied a slip knot. So as soon as I put pressure on it, the thing goes down and I come back and I'm like trying to let go and I let go and my foot has not let go, and so I swing back into the rock, of which shoulder cracks, everything was good, didn't really know where we were at for a minute, um, and then we made it, 
The next guy goes, we never checked the water depth, so it was about two foot deep where you fall, and then the rest of it was mud. And so he sank. It took us about another hour to get him out of that. And so my, my yeah, I mean, my just thought process of rocks never started out good so far whatsoever. And so I want to look at Luke 19. I want to learn something just a little bit from what, um, what we see in Scripture. And so we're going to start verses 28 And uh, you can follow along on the screen, and I'm going to read right here. This is the New Living Translation. It says, After telling the story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As they came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, and as you enter it, you will see a colt tied there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying our colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. And so I want to stop there. So we're going to learn just a little bit about where, where we get before the rocks enter into the story. And see, at that point, it was a comfort for the disciples that they could bring what they were sent for. See, if indeed the Lord had occasion for it, those disciples not only fetched the colt, but they cast their own garments upon the colt and were willing that they should be used for his trappings. And see, what happens is, is that the disciples, were, they're, they're understanding, they're walking with Jesus, and he says, hey, man, I'm just going to go tell you, go get this colt. And you go to this man's house, who they had no idea who, they were, who he was. He said, go get this colt. And when he asks you, what are you doing? Just tell him, hey, the Lord needs it. Now, I don't know about you, but it's a struggle for me when the Lord tells me to do something that gets out of my comfort zone. It's a struggle for it. Because when I don't know the end result, I'm not sure I really want to do it because I'm not sure I really know the outcome of it. But you see, they're like, absolutely. And so, verse 34, and the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the cult to Jesus, and this is where we get verse 35, and they threw their garments over it for him to ride on. See, I don't know about you, but Colt's thinking kind of like a colt. It's been tied up, not never been ridden, probably not the, the cleanest. I'm sure it doesn't get a bath every day. I'm pretty sure they didn't get baths every day, so I'm guessing that the colt didn't get it either. And so as they're, they go to get this colt, they're sitting there going, all right, Jesus needs it. We're walking into this guy's house. We're saying, hey, we don't even know you. I'll take your colt. He asks them why. They say, well, Jesus needs it. So then what do they do? See, this is not, we don't have money. We don't have clothes in the, you know, in the laundry waiting. This is, we pretty much, once, we, once they chose to follow Jesus, they just pretty much had what they had on. So what they do at that point is they know who God is. They know, who, they know that, that God has sent Jesus, so they believe it. And so Jesus has told them, so they didn't even want to wait for him to ask them to do the next part. They went ahead and said, you know what? That's Jesus. And so they take off their clothes and they put it on him, on the, on the colt. Even to the point so that the trappings, and if you look and you actually start reading about what that talks about, so that it could actually go to the bathroom on their clothes because they didn't want Jesus to get dirty. So they went ahead and even thought about, you know what, that's, that's who Jesus is. And so it was a comfort for them. And so I wonder this morning, is it a comfort? for you to go out of your comfort zone. Because all throughout Scripture, for the disciples and for the people who followed Jesus, it was a comfort for them to be called out. 
They were not comfortable sitting in a church every Sunday and that being enough. And so that's where I want to start. Is it comfortable for you to be uncomfortable? Because that's where we need to be. I don't know if you've seen a lot of stuff going on in society today. But if you're comfortable today, we're not in a good place as the church. If the church is comfortable where we're at in our culture, then we're not changing culture. Verse 35, it goes on, it says, So they brought the colt to Jesus. They threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Then the crowd spread out their coats on the road ahead of Jesus. So now they're, now the crowds have said, see what they've done? The, the disciples started the process. They started to create culture. They changed culture. They took off their clothes and they said, you know what? This is Jesus. We're going to give our stuff. And so then what's next is people started to follow. They take off there and they're like, hey, if they're doing it, I'll do it. And so they started changing the culture even from the start. And said, so the crowd spread out their coats on the road ahead of Jesus. As they reached the place where the road started down from the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they have seen. Verse 38, they were singing, Bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Verse 35a, he says, As he was riding down the hill on the donkey towards Jerusalem, his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with loud voices for the mighty works they had seen. This morning we started that process. We started to sing for the great things that we've seen God do. When you started to sing those songs, you understand what those words mean into you because God has done something in your life or you're sitting there going, what does that even mean? And if you're asking what it means, it means you don't know. You have never encountered because once Christ changes you from the inside, no matter what happens to you, something is different. Enough to where when Jesus says, go get that cold that you've never seen, you don't know anything about, you go get it. When the Lord asks you to do something that you don't understand and you've never seen why or even wonder, God, why would you even do that? You just go do it. Surely the Pharisees could put two and two together. See, there wasn't just believers there. There are Pharisees. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But surely they could put two and two together. See, they've already known. There's already the, the prophecy's already been laid out. He'll come. He's riding a donkey. People are rejoicing. They're shouting. They're, they're, they're calling him king. Blessed be the king who comes in the name of the Lord. It's already set out in front of them. It's laid out in front of them for just to say, yeah, this is him. But what happens? But some of the Pharisee, verse 39, among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. They saw it happen in front of them. They watched Jesus riding down the street in front of them. My question for us is how many times do we miss the opportunity? How many times do we, walk, do we watch Jesus walk right in front of us and we miss him? And he's, it's been laid out right in front of us and everything we need, the conversation that you need to bring hope and peace in your life is sitting right in front of him, right in front of you. But we miss him. Pastor Nelson talked about just religion versus Jesus. I think he just ended a series, correct? If you've been here, it's 
And that's the one thing he said. He said, today I was just going to kind of talk from my heart. Well, this is my heart. I believe this is his heart because he poured into mine. You can do all this all day long. You can carry this around and wave it. But if you miss Jesus, you don't know him. We're just a bunch of other Pharisees. If worship and lifting our hands is about letting people know that, hey, I've just got to do this because it's what I do, we've missed Jesus. And we've become Pharisees. Pharisees missed Jesus. Verse 39, when the Pharisees commanded him to rebuke his disciples because they considered their acclamation of him as the Messiah as, a bla- as blasphemous. See, they, they were sitting there going, I can't believe these people are saying this about this guy. So teacher, rebuke them because we don't, we don't, you don't need to have that happen. This is blasphemous. What does he say? Verse 40, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. My question is this morning, and this is where we get to rocks. Are the rocks crying out in your place this morning? People have told you to be quiet. It's too fanatical. You look crazy. They've told you, why in the world would you start another church? I don't know if you've heard that, but we get it all day long. Why in the world would you start another church? This morning we'll have five services in Coleman and two in Jasper and be around 1,800 to 2,000 people. And last week we got to celebrate over 30 salvations between the two campuses and people still want to say, you're dumb, it's not real. They still, I mean, I don't even care about Twitter, they still call us out and say, I can't believe you'd do that. Here's the thing, if we, if we, if we shut our mouth, the rocks will cry out. If Eagles Wing Church doesn't do what it was called to do, the rocks will cry out. If this morning you would have said, you know what, that hour of sleep, man, I'll just, I'll get it next week. Man, there's, there's some, I, I get called the homeless pastor. I actually dressed up for you guys this morning. Um, <laughs> some, some little, some guy, he don't know. We'll, we'll get Nelson, we'll get Pastor Nelson next week. Guess what, the rocks would have cried out. Some... Jesus would have gotten praise in your place because he deserves it. It's who he is. So let's observe what was the the matter or occasion of their joy and praise. It says, they praised God for all the mighty works they had seen, all the miracles Christ had shown them. See, they had just watched Lazarus be raised from the dead. They're coming off of that. People have heard the story which is particularly mentioned in John 12, 17, verse 18. It says, and then that brought others to mind. And listen to this. For fresh miracles and mercies should revive the remembrance of the former. The things that God does today should not just stop today. It should remember the things He's done in the past. For when He woke you up this morning, should have reminded you that He gave His life for you on the cross. When He gave you that extra payment, that you needed to pay the house or the car or some food, it should have reminded you that He's always been there from the beginning. See, we go from need to need. I need Him now. Thank you, Jesus. And we go to the next one. We forget that He's been there for me, unfortunately, the last 30 years because I just turned 30 and it's a little depressing. All right? I know, I know, I know. 
But fresh miracles and mercies should always revive the remembrance of the former. Don't wait for Him to do the next thing. Let today allow you to remember what He's already done. Number two, how they expressed their joy and praise. See, Matthew tells us that the multitude that was going in front of him and those that were following were crying, Hosanna to the Son of David, which was the Messianic title. The Hebrew word Hosanna means save now. They were, called, they were already calling out a portion of Psalm 118, which was recognized by all as a prophecy of the Messiah. They knew the Scripture. They knew who He was, and they proclaimed who, the, the path, the things they have learned for the, the present. See, I love the interaction in Luke 19 when Jesus and the Pharisees, as they were complaining to Jesus about his disciples who were declaring for all to hear his miracles and without the same praising his name. And You see, the rocks had more understanding than the Pharisees. See, Jesus wasn't a guy that just said, uh, they'll hush. He kind of calls them out. I don't know if any of you do like your mama jokes, but that's kind of what he did at that point. He's like, you Pharisees are so dumb that even the rocks understand me better than you. Okay, yeah, it was fun. So, yeah, it's a lot funnier in my head. So, uh, Luke 19, 39, it says that some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. See, Christ triumphs in his disciples' joyful praises of him. They're the irritation of the Pharisees that are the enemies to him and his kingdom. A question for you is, how many times when you watch other people praise the Lord, does it frustrate you? Because your life can't be theirs. Or what you're dealing with is something worse than what you think they are. So you start to become that. You get that Pharisee mindset. Well, I know what they're going through, so they can worship. But me, you don't, you don't understand what I'm going through. See, they were, the, the Pharisees, it was a, it was a irritation of them to hear those things. There were some Pharisees among the multitude who were so far from joining with them that they were enraged at them and Christ being a famous example of humility. See, they thought, you know, Christ, he's, he's going to be humble. So he's going to hear what we have to say and he's going to do what we ask him to do because he doesn't, he doesn't want the recognition. He, he'll be humble and he'll tell them to stop but this is what he did. They thought that he would not admit to such acclamations as these. And therefore, they expected that he should rebuke his disciples. Verse 39. But it is his honor of Christ that as he despises the contempt of the proud, so he accepts the praises of the humble. See, at that, moment, at that point, his followers were humble. They didn't need the, the admiration of people. They needed to give admiration to the king. My question is, is do we, do we enter with that? Did you enter in worship today with a humble spirit saying, God, you're just, you're good. And no matter what, I'll worship you. Because if not, the rocks will cry out. You can look out the window and you can see things that were created by him that we can look at and he will get praise because he's good. You can see people who are in other countries who are dying for the sake of his name and at their last breath, they're still proclaiming Jesus. You know, I thought this is just kind of something different. You know, we, we see all these things on TV now, and I, I'm not trying to play a heartstring because I don't think that's what it is. It, it, should, it shouldn't really play a heartstring for other people. It should almost 
punch us in the gut, that we can see these people that have a, really have a, a sword to their head and they're asked, if you'll, all you've got to do is just, just say no. Just say, just say God's not real. Just, just believe in this. They're dying for the sake of Jesus, yet it's tough for us to get up every day and come to church. It's tough for us to live it out. And that's not, not trying to live by the law or do a bunch of do's and don'ts. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the rocks are crying out. They're crying out in our place because we know truth and you've experienced truth. God has set you free from things and He's walked you through the hardest trials that you could ever face, yet it's still a struggle to turn to Him sometimes. And He looks at those Pharisees and said, just those, those people are calling out my name because if they keep quiet, the rocks will cry out. Are there times where you despise someone else's worship because of your current circumstances or feelings? Uh Uh-oh. Maybe it was in worship today. What does it look like for you? You got serious about your life lately. You got serious about your walk with the Lord. I know under Pastor Nelson, you're hit with truth every week. So I think you probably have. but, But what does it look like for you? Oh, it's easy for him or her. They've got money. You know, we, we live, I mean, the majority of our church in Coleman is, is probably low. It's low income. It's the, we're, not, we're not reaching a lot of, we're not reaching the people that have, that's not our goal. But even in some of those situations, it's, it's easy to say, well, you know, they can worship. They, they've got money. I, I don't even know how I'm going to feed my kids. <coughs> They have an incredible marriage. Their husband hasn't cheated on them. Their wife really cares about them. Their marriage and their kids, they're good, so that's why they can worship. Man, they got good kids. You know, mine are on drugs. They're doing all kinds of stuff. I don't even, I haven't seen my kids. I don't even know where they're at. See, if I, had, if I had that situation right there, then I could worship. That's why we're just making excuses. Rocks are crying out. If you had any of those thoughts this morning, rocks cried out in your name. Because we were never meant to look at your circumstance. Worship was never dictated on how you feel. It's always been meant to be who God is. At your worst and at your best, He's still worthy of your worship. So Keith, I just don't think rocks are going to give praise. I, I get what you're saying and I understand. Well, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, let's, let's look at some scripture that will hopefully show you that He's going to get worship. Verse 39, and then we'll go into it. It says, whether men praise Christ or not, he will and shall and must be praised. So what if the rocks really cried out? What would they say? Exodus 17, Moses tapped on the rock and water came out for the people because God provides for all of our needs. He is the living water. Exodus 34, God gives his commandments on stone tablets. God gives us direction in life. Judges 16, Samson is tied to a grinding stone going in circles. God is the God who renews our strength and gives us 
us another chance. 1 Samuel 17, David chooses five small stones and takes down a giant through the power of God because God is a God who will take down the giants in our lives when we go forward in his name because the enemy has been defeated. Nehemiah 4, rebuilding the city walls with large stones because God is the God who rebuilds lives. 1 Kings 18, the face off at Mount Carmel when fire poured down from heaven around the altar were 12 rocks and the altar was doused with 12 barrels of water. This is the God who answers the fervent prayer of a righteous man. Luke 2, the manger was actually made in a hollowed out section of a large rock. This rock would say, I got to hold the baby, the baby that now holds you. Matthew 4, Satan tempted Jesus. Turn these stones into bread. He is the sinless sovereign son of God. John 8, the woman caught in adultery about to be stoned. He said, whoever was out without sin, cast this first one. We are to praise him for his redemption, the salvation from our own sins, because the rock says no one is without sin. They'll cry out. If you don't, they will. This was literally fulfilled upon men's revealing Christ upon the cross. Instead of praising Him, His own disciples drifted into silence. See, the enemy thought He had won. Jesus is on the cross. The disciples are gone. Everybody else is gone. When everything else is silent, and no one was there to to, to speak out His name and to worship Him, The earth did quake and the rocks cracked. Pharisees would silence the praises of Christ, but they cannot gain their point. They may have silenced everyone with Jesus on the cross, but the rocks would have the last say. Because the earth rumbled, a stone was rolled away. Jesus will and always will have his praise. Praise for the grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't defeat him because of victory. We have blessed and eternal hope. So even when death had thought he had won, the rock was rolled away, the earthquake. You'll get praise. So if these are the ways in which rocks would give praise, if rocks will do it, who are we to do any less? Some of us need to get off Facebook and get onto our face and in his book. You know, you see all these people that think they've got the answer. You do. His name is Jesus. So quit putting stuff out there that makes no sense to anybody and start telling people about who does give hope. You need to get off Instagram and put it into his hands and lift up ours. The question is, is the last time something happened to you, is it easier to go try to fight it or is it better just to lay it on the ground Lay it on the altar and lift up your hands and worship the one who actually can fix it. Because when not, when you don't, we become Pharisees because we want it our way. We want to fix it the way we believe it should happen. God never meant for that to happen. He sent Jesus to take it away and give you hope and an answer. A peace that passes all understanding. So let's just break it down as we end. But Keith, you know how bad my life is. Rocks crying out. At your worst, he's still your best. But Keith, you not know what they said. 
Can you believe what they said about me? They didn't talk to me when, they, when I walked into this morning. You know how many times I hear that? Hey, nobody talked to me at church this morning. I didn't come here to talk to you. I come here to talk to him. I'm not saying the other doesn't need to happen. Better get some good greeters. But they looked at me. Did you not, did you not see the way they looked at me? or what, what they, they said, what I, can you believe what she wore or he wore to church? Rocks are crying out. Do you not know what my spouse did to me? What, they, what he, she said to me? You fought before you came in here. Sunday's the worst day ever. You wake up and you fight. You're like, hey, good morning. Hate you. Like, hey. <laughs> Rocks are crying out. He's the foundation your marriage will have to go back on. Your marriage is falling apart. You need somebody to cancel, but you needed Jesus to build your house on. But I don't want people to think I'm strange. Really? Like that? That's what makes you strange. Like that, that's been my question. Like, I've seen some of you in public, like in Walmart, and like, you know, you're, I've seen what you wear to Walmart. That's like you're worried about Jesus making you strange. Like you've gone in like kitten pajamas and stuff. Here's what I think is really strange. A blood-bought, redeemed, forgiven, and going to heaven child of God who has no praise to offer, nothing to say. That's what's strange. Because I'll be honest. If that's me, this is not where I'm spending my time. I'm just wasting another couple hours on Sunday. But if you've experienced the love of Christ in a relationship with Him, you've got something to say and something to offer. Don't let the rocks cry out in your place. So how do we not let the rocks cry out? You remember His redeeming work in your life. You remember the joy of your salvation. For some of you, that joy may have been 80 years ago. For some of you, it may have been 8 days ago. But the joy of your salvation is what draws you closer to Him. It's what wakes you up in the morning. It's what allows you to go to bed with hope that you can make it through another day. And if you haven't allowed Him to redeem you, then that offer is here this morning. It's, it's for you. You're here for a reason. Number two, you begin praising Him even now for the wonderful blessings that He's brought into your life. So today, you got something to worship. It may not be your current situation. But you don't need his answer to make him worth your worship. The cross is worth the worship. So start worshiping now. Wake up every day and just thank him for what he's done. And I'll be honest, I don't know if he'll ever answer your situation the way you want it. The problem is it's the way you want it. So what if we change our mindset and don't let the rock trout in our current situation and let's go meet people where they're at I know a lot of people that have been through stuff that I, couldn't, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. But I've seen a lot of people turn that mourning into joy and figure out how to go reach people with it. Number three, determine and 
a purpose in your life to serve Him, to follow Him, to do whatever and go wherever He'd have you to go. And so, my question this morning, and this is it, so what are the areas in your life right now that the rocks are crying out? That you've become really a modern day Pharisee in your situation and the things that you're dealing with and just life in general has caused you just to be quiet, to be silent. This morning is it's time to not be silent anymore. It's time for Eagle's Wing to shake this city with the name of Jesus and do whatever it takes to reach as many people and to love as many people as you can possibly love because you have the hope of the world. You've got Jesus. And you don't need another sermon. You don't need another song. You need to start having worship in your own time. Worship when you wake up. You need to quit waiting on Pastor Nelson's message and start getting your own. I can say stuff like that here. (laughs) I don't have to see you tomorrow. Um, But it's true. It's true for me. It's easy to walk in an office every day and hear some anointed men and women and let that be my, my personal time. But it's another thing when I get on my face and I ask him for myself. Don't let the rocks cry out. So just with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning... For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.